There's a Northern Irish comic called Kevin McAleer from Fermanagh, sort of way out in the west of the province, uh, overlooking Loch Ness. And as he was tramping home through the fields one beautiful summer day, he looked around and saw the splendor of the Sperren Mountains in front of him as he climbed the hill. And behind him, the beauty of that big lake, uh, Loch Ness, the largest lake in the British Isles. And he started thinking deeply, who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? And when he got to the end of the, fe- the field and climbed over the stile and jumped into the lane, he was met by an army patrol. And the sergeant held the rifle up at him and said to him, Who are you? Why are you here? Where are you going? <laughs> Same questions, but a completely different context. But sometimes we do ask ourselves those questions. Who am I? How do I know myself? And perhaps the way is relating it to other people around. So this talk is going to simply look through some of those passages of Scripture and ask this question. If you look at the uh, um, program that we have, Christianity Explored, you'll see that there are uh, two weeks which we're covering today, Good News and Identity, which are both answering the question, who is Jesus? The the, the whole question there is uh, the the issue of identity. who was he? Well, then the next three from uh, next Sunday onwards and then on the Wednesday nights following will be covering sin, the cross, and the resurrection. Now, this is looking at his mission, that is, what did he do? And then the last two, again, grace and come and die. Now, they're funny topics, that, but that is looking at what is our response to who Jesus is and what has he done and how we can take some actions. But it does take us to the question is, who is Jesus? What is his identity? And I have often stressed, and on the course we're stressing the fact, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with an individual who we call Jesus. And um, we're not here, in a sense, to talk about God, because God defines, Jesus rather, defines who God is for us. God has already shown himself in Jesus. And so, if we have God in a human body, the question is, who is Jesus, and what do we know about him? Now, see, uh, the, the uh, um, uh, apostles themselves, as we know in the reading we had, simply asked after they saw the stilling of the waters and the, the storm, who is this? Because they had been with him for about a year by this stage, and they thought they'd got to know him. But no, they hadn't. They weren't even beginning to scrape the surface. They were suddenly realizing that this person, Jesus, is much bigger and much more than you could possibly think. Now, one of the biggest atheists in England at the turn turn of the last century was a chap called C.S. Lewis, Charles Staples Lewis, who was an academic and professor of English at both Cambridge University, and then he moved on after that to be professor of English at Oxford University. One of the most outstanding Christian thinkers at the end of the day, but he was an atheist. Who rejected it. And it wasn't until conversations with J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings, that he came and realized he had to rethink his position. And slowly, bit by bit, he came back round and he said, I was the most reluctant convert in England. But he came to Christ eventually by logic, thinking, and reading 
the Bible for himself. But he said these words, and I, I want to just stress that uh, these are important to understand. We sent a questionnaire around the people who came to the Christianity Explored course, and one of the questions is, who do you think Jesus is? And there were a whole range of boxes that could be ticked. The ones that got most ticks were, he was a good man, or he was a great moral teacher. And C.S. Lewis addressed this uh, when he wrote, and he wrote things like the Narnia series, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, by the way, if you don't know of him, read some of his books. But he gave radio broadcasts during the war, and many soldiers, sailors, airmen, and the population listened intently. And he points out in this, I'm trying to prevent, this is one of his broadcasts during the war, that people often say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. And he says this, that's the one thing you can't possibly say about Jesus. That a man who said the sort of things that Jesus actually said wouldn't be a great moral teacher. And he then says he'd be either a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. By that he means he'd be a liar. You must make your choice. And fundamentally, you've got two views. Did what Jesus say and do, was he telling us the truth, or was it a lie? If he was telling lies, then there's two choices you can make. One is that he knew he was telling lies, therefore he was a liar, and so he was living a hypocritical life, telling us to love one another when he didn't. And yet, as the video showed, of course, he proved otherwise. But the other alternative, of course, is that he was telling lies, but he didn't know it. In other words, he was doomed. He was deluded. He was a lunatic. And uh, the uh, author of um, uh, uh, some books later in the century, Josh McDowell, said, you've got three choices of what you call Jesus. And this is pretty much following the same thought. You can either believe he was a liar, that what he said wasn't true and couldn't be proven or backed up, that he was a lunatic, he was just doing things that he didn't realize, but he got it all wrong, or he is the Lord. One of the three has to be, but you can't just sit back and say, oh, he's a jolly nice man and a jolly good teacher. And C.S. Lewis explains it this way. You can say he was the son of God, you can shut him up for a fool, a lunatic, kill him as a demon, a liar, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord. But let us not put up with any other nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. That is not an option he gives us when you read scriptures. I think this is a, sorry to have, when I told my wife I'm going to do yes, this, I said, oh, not all that intellectual stuff again. They'll never understand that. But I hope you've got the, I hope, I hope you do, I hope you've got the essence that we can't hide under the table and pretend this is just a nice man. He didn't come into the world to be a nice man. Indeed, one rich young ruler came up to him and said to him, good teacher. You know what Jesus said? Why do you call me good? In other words, I'm not here to be a good man. And I'm here to be something better or different. And so that's the choices. But I'm going to put another question to you, and we'll be doing this in our course. If God were to come on earth in five minutes' time, 
what would you then expect him to do or say or behave like? I mean, if he was to just sort of walk in here, what would you expect? I know some of you think, well, I'd like to see you know, him getting rid of uh, some really pretty nasty things around this world, and I'm sure you would, and uh, we'll come back to that in a few minutes. But what would he do? And that simply then begs the question, well, he's actually been. So what did he do to show us what God would be like? And so I'm just going to top and tail the passages that you've had read to you from that video to just try and bring a few points home that will help us understand a bit more. You see, Jesus faced evil. So what would you expect God to do when he faces evil and sickness? You would suggest that if he's God and he made human humanity, he could fix broken humanity. Well, yes, he did. And we've had lots of examples of that. But also that the teachings he would give would be quite different. Like, this is someone who knew God, as opposed to teachers of the sort of uh, religious books we see. And of course, that's exactly what he did. But he actually directly came up against evil. Now, this is a bit that they don't include in the video, but it's in the scriptures, and I thought I'll just share this. But I want to be cautious as to how I share it, because this is one thing that we don't uh, wish to use as evidence, as they say. But remember this. Where did Jesus come from? If he's God, he would have come from heaven, from the spiritual world, onto a physical planet, with people who have souls and spirits within them. But it's also the place, as we know, you don't need me to tell you about Hitler, about Stalin or Putin, that there is evil in this world. And Paul tells us in the Bible later on and reminds us that the struggles we see on this planet aren't purely of our making. There is evil, and it's personified in an angel that God created who fell and disobeyed, called Satan, and his demons. And so there are demonic influences in this world. How else can we explain some of the horrors and the wickedness of evil that we are driven to in this planet? But Jesus came from that world, and of course God is sovereign there, and he is in charge. So when people who were disturbed by such evil forces met Jesus, what did they say? Now, this is not solid evidence why you have to believe in God. What I'm trying to just say is, let's see how evil responded when it met God, the source of light himself. And the answer is, they identified him right away. Back to identity. And they didn't say, Jesus, you good man, stay away from me. What did they say? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. If the devils own up to that fact and then bow down and ask him to cast them into pigs or whatever it was, he gives orders to the demons and they obey him. They knew who he was. Yet the blind Pharisees in the same room couldn't identify it because they were duped by the evil one. And elsewhere in the same passages, it tells us that the demons cried, you are the son of God. But Jesus then gave them strict orders not to tell anyone. Why not? Wouldn't it be a good idea 
Wouldn't it be great if all the demons started saying, he is Jesus, he is the Son of God? And the answer is quite simple. Jesus does not wish to hear any testimony from the mouth of hell and of the demons and the evil one. In fact, he calls the devil the father of lies. He will not accept such testimony. Do you know why? He wants us, we who believe and trust in him, to be the ones to share the good news, not to be frightened into it by demonic powers, because he is sovereign over all. That means he is the Lord of all spirits. We know he's the Lord of the body, because he'd heal that, but also the soul, the Lord of all souls. So there's something that comes out in these passages that makes us think he's clearly not a liar or a lunatic. If he's got sovereign authority over our bodies and our souls, he must be more. He must be Lord. Well, what did he do when he faced nature? I don't need to go into any depths. Here we know the story. The wind died down, just like that. He called the winds to, to, to peace. He took the laws of nature, of creation that he had made, and he then used them to his own purposes. He could bend them as he chose. So when he faced a, a storm, we know what he did. When he saw his disciples on a boat a few miles away, he walked across the water. Why not? He created the water. When he saw that the wine had run out, he took water and he turned tanks full of the stuff into Chateau Lafitte, 1948. You know, he, he, he could take something that water does become wine, but it takes at least a year and a bit to get it to do so. He squeezed time and he did it immediately. He could take the forces of nature, whatever they be, five loaves and two fishes, and turn it into 12 basketfuls of leftovers after everybody had had sufficient to eat. So this is one who could take the force of nature and change it and use it to his purposes. He's therefore the Lord of creation as well. What did he do, as we saw, when he faced death? My little daughter's dying. In fact, they said, he's too late, she's dead. And his words were, don't be afraid, just believe. How could you possibly say that unless he was the Lord of life and death and could overcome both? Mark chapter 4, verses 23 through 42. And that's why he could say, Talitha Kum, little girl, stand up. And not like an operation in a hospital, you wait then six weeks for them to recover. And no, immediately the little girl came up. She who was dead rose, uh, uh, rose up again. And that is the power he has over death. And of course, he proved this himself when he faced it. He rose from the dead and the empty tomb. He's the Lord of life with power over death. And then we finished on the uh, reading in Mark chapter 2, verse 12 verses. And the question the Pharisees asked was the right question. Instead of fixing this guy's paralysis, cerebral palsy, or whatever caused it, he didn't look at that. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. What's the difference between crime and sin? A crime is when I go up and punch Bob in the face, and um, I hurt him personally, because that is offending the laws of the land. And he'll phone the police. 
Uh, or he'll tell Barry, he'll get his guys from the police round, and they'll arrest me, and they'll put me in front of a judge, because I've broken the law. That is a crime. Sin is where the one I have offended isn't Bob, every, every concern Bob, but is where I offend the, a creature who God has made. I break the laws of God. Sin is where I offend God. He is the offended one, not just Bob. And sin, only God has the right to forgive. And yet he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and go. Only God can do that, which means he is the Lord God himself. We're coming through, is he a liar, is he a lunatic, or is he the Lord? Because these are the actions and the ways of carrying out what he had taught. Let me just finish with one more that uh, isn't in the book. That he went out to the fields and um, started walking around and again encountered the Pharisees. And at the end of it was challenged why he was breaking the Sabbath. And at the end he said, no, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? It's the one day in seven God set aside. It's a period of time. Jesus was saying, I am the time Lord. Forget Doctor Who. I am the Lord of time because I am in full charge of all time and bring all time together. One of the interesting things that some of the questions that we asked the people who came on our course were asking about, as well as pain and suffering, that was probably the most uh, common one. Uh, one of the questions, uh, or a number of the questions that people were asking were about the future. And one of the questions that people ask is, why doesn't God stop the suffering? I'm going to answer that right away. And the answer is quite simple. He already has suffered, he's been through it, and he's already done it. Because on the cross, he overcame sin once and for all. And when he returns, he will wipe it clear from this world. He already has dealt with suffering. It's just we haven't given up on it. But he is coming again and will wipe all evil, all wickedness, all suffering. There will be no hospitals in this future planet and this world. There will be no police forces. There will be no armies. There will be no jails. There will be no judges. Because Christ will be all in all. And those who know him are those who have heard those words, son, daughter, your sins are forgiven if you come to him. So this is not just one who is a good healer, a good teacher, a good preacher. No, he is the Lord of everything. And the reason that we Christians don't go around healing everybody is because we aren't Jesus. And we're not focusing on ourselves. We're focusing on him because he's the one who can fix every human condition, broken condition. That's the point of what we do and who we are. And I hope that that might give you some thinking on it. When Paul wrote and reflected on who Jesus was, he said this, the sole reason that Jesus Christ came into the world, was born, lived, and died, was this. Christ died, returned to life, so that he might be Lord of both the dead 
So he's created and the living. And so the question is, who do you think Jesus is? 